Welcome to the Optimal You podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 17 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the Optimal You podcast is to have a visit with providers and others in the healthcare industry in our area, and in this instance, well beyond our area, to provide services that might be helpful to you in your journey to becoming the Optimal You. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you um, for taking the time to listen to the podcast. So today's guest is uh, Dr. Rob Silverman. Um, and Dr. Silverman, I'm going to give you a little bit of background, but before I do that, um, we need to get the disclaimer out of the way. So um, I need to let listeners know that the podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended or should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or background um, or treatment. A little background on our guest, Dr. Silverman. He's a chiropractic doctor, clinical nutritionist, uh, national, international speaker, author of Amazon's number one bestseller, Inside Out Health and founder and CEO of Westchester Integrative Health Center. He's a master of science in human nutrition and five other designations in clinical nutrition. The ACA Sports Council named Dr. Silverman Sports Chiropractor of the Year in 2015. Uh, Dr. Silverman is on the advisory board for the Functional Medicine University and is a seasoned health and wellness expert on both the speaking circuits and the media. He is also chief clinical consultant for CBMO Diagnostics and Erconia Laser Limited, and holds a science board position with Nutridine. With over 24 years of clinical experience, Dr. Silverman is a thought leader in his field and practice, and frequently published author in peer-reviewed journals and other mainstream publications. So, Dr. Silverman, thank you for uh, joining the Optimal You podcast today. I don't know if you can, you know, as I'm reading your bio and there's a lot there and there were like 12 different designations, um, but can you add just some some personal background to, to who you are? Absolutely. One, I'm really pleased that I had the time and you're so kind enough to allow me to come on. I thank you very much. I think what you do is great. And um, even though as you have indicated sometimes that we're, we're worlds apart. We're really united in the front that we want to help people get healthier and fix the body from the inside out. So, you know, my bio really explains a lot. I have a new uh, book called Immune Reboot, Amazon bestseller. Uh, I've been practicing 24 years of chiropractic slash functional medicine. And my goal is always, always and always will be patient first. So, Dr. Silverman, I, my staff and I have gotten to know you um, over the years. Um, I think you've been to North Dakota. Were you up here twice? Yeah, I've been in North Dakota a couple of times. Like you said, love it there. Uh, next time I come, which should be next year, I expect a good bison burger. Oh, there we go. That that won't be that won't be a problem. Um, you kind of mentioned that just a little bit about the the different environments, and and I did a little survey I got on on the internet and found a a tool that would show us the radius of uh, number of miles from the cities we each live in, 
And a 50 mile radius um, from Dickinson, North Dakota yielded a population of 41,000 people. A 60 or 50 mile radius from White Plains, New York, uh, yielded a population of 19.5 million people. So density of population definitely uh, way more intense in your area. And but we like you said, we are in a common bond and we're trying to treat the patients that we have access to. So um, I had a chance this this last weekend to read the Immune Reboot. And it was um, an amazing book for any of our listeners. You got to go out and get this book because it is incredible. It's packed with a lot of the things that we talk about at the pharmacy all the time and things that I write about in the newspaper as well. But we're going to we're going to kind of dive into some aspects of that. So first of all, can you kind of give us a little bit of a seven seventy thousand foot overview of the immune system? I know that's hard to do in in a little talk, but kind of kind of explain what's going on and and uh, and we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper in some areas. So, absolutely. You know, I believe you know there's such a conversation now about longevity, and I'm not trying to change our topic. And we're talking about health span versus lifespan. It's things that we deal with our patients every day as well as you do. I believe that you're only as young as your immune system. Take COVID, for example. Before COVID, um, nobody really looked at the immune system as a critical system in one's body. That clearly has changed. All that being said, very simply, you're only as young as your immune system. You're only as young as the effectiveness of your immune system. So let's delve into the immune system. What do I mean? Well, the immune system provides three levels of defense against disease-causing pathogens. Number one, the barrier system, skin. You want to prevent entry into the body. Skin, believe it or not, mucous membranes, stomach acid, digestive enzymes, beneficial bacteria that live in the colon, like the gut microbiota. This is all your first line of defense. It has been postulated that... The first time the outside world meets the inside world is when it goes, these organisms go through the small intestine and get digested into the bloodstream. But I know what you're really asking. You're asking about the two more commonly discussed parts of the immune system. That's the innate versus the acquired immunity. Now, the innate, the innate immunity is your general defense. It is your 365, 24-7 security guard. They're their immune sentinels. They're like Marines in that they're white blood cells called neutrophils and macrophages. They engulf and destroy foreign invaders and damaged cells. They are given to everybody on the date of their first birth. Whereas your second leg, where you're looking to balance the innate versus the acquired. Now your acquired immunity is what it says. You acquire it. Children, three, four, five, six, they keep getting sick because they're acquiring immunity. It's also called an adaptive immunity. It's also called a specific defense. They're interesting in that they have B and T cells. The T cells, which recognize foreigners, come from your thymus. This is a critical element in that your thymus is the first gland in your body to go through involution. Involution means shrinking. So as we age, unfortunately, as I age, my thymus becomes less and less of a player, and therefore I produce less and less effective and amount of T cells. So therefore my immune system is unable as I age to recognize foreign antigens. These white blood cells are interesting and they target and can actually destroy them. 
Whereas the other part of your acquired immunity is B cells. They come from your bone marrow. They're your antibodies. And boy, we've had a conversation over the last three years on antibodies. Steve, I know you know them in, in without question depth. However, these antibodies, IgA, which is secretory at the gut level, IgM, which comes out early, but the big player that we always talk about is IgG. IgG is the most common antibody. It is small enough to pass the placenta and get to the fetus. And IgG is a critical antibody because it's 75% of your antibodies. But please make note, as I seed for succeeding questions, that IgG has one direct kill. So therefore, it has a direct foreign invader that it's supposed to take care of. Otherwise, it does not supply the type of immune function that we had hoped. So therefore, after the barrier system, which most people overlook, it's the balance between the innate and acquired immunity that's critical to allow us to have good immunity. And that is without question, instead of the 35,000 foot view, that's a 70,000 foot view. That's impressive. Thank you. Um, I yeah, touch on a couple of things there. You know, I don't think we think of our skin as as really part of our immune system or or oftentimes some of our gut, the gut functions. So taking care of each one of those aspects is critical for, like you said, longevity. If, if we don't have a, a proper immune system, we're definitely not going to be an optimally running uh, machine. Um a lot of the things that you talk about in the book uh, revolve along uh, lifestyle modifications, which I like that because that's stuff that we try and embed in our patients. Um, can you touch on some of the things that people need to be doing from a lifestyle modification that are going to benefit our immune system? Without question. I mean, and it's great to hear as well. I know that you're dealing with lifestyle because you can't outrun a bad diet. You know, we talk about genes. Genes are not your destiny. They load the gun, your environment, your lifestyle fires the gun. But part of the problem in the lifestyle is our patient population is not eating well. The average American consumes 160 pounds of sugar per year. Sugar is extremely deleterious to one's overall health. When mice were offered sugar, 94% of mice took sugar over cocaine. We consume too much wheat as an American. The average American consumes 146 pounds of wheat per year. Caloric sweeteners, those artificial sweeteners, they are without question a no bueno. 142 pounds per year of artificial sweeteners. There's been a direct rise in obesity and, and diabetes. The average American is consuming way too much sugar, wheat, caloric sweetener, ultra processed food. 75% of Americans are overweight or obese. We're a drug laden country. And I'm not trying to, you know, sound the emergency fear horn without any question. I'm just trying to give the facts that are, are out there. But truly the idea to help ourselves, there is a great pattern in lifestyle. Number one thing I would say, and we've talked about this before, I tell people to avoid certain foods. Uh, my acronyms I like to use are GPS, no gluten, no processed food, no sugar. Avoid that added sugar. Decrease that ultra processed food. 63% of our calories come from ultra processed food. For every 10% increase in ultra processed food, it increases our mortality by 14%. DNA, another acronym, no dairy, no nicotine, no artificial sweeteners. Now, I know I'm talking to people in the Midwest. It's one thing when I say gluten, they don't like. But when I talk about dairy, 
they want to really get a little hot with me. I'm, I am talking about dairy. I do believe that most of us would benefit from decreasing or eliminating dairy from our diet. Follow an anti-inflammatory diet. Control your glycemic index and glycemic load. Eat lower amounts of sugar. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this at a later date. Try to detect and avoid food sensitivities. Decrease your environmental overload. Make clean eating a priority. Choose organic foods, farm-raised foods. Eat wild smash fish, salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, herring. More plant-forward type diet, plant-based diet. Try and limit the sugary foods. Go for the food rainbow when it comes to the green leafy vegetables. Grass-fed beef. We talked about bison before. Great choice. High-fiber foods, nuts and seeds. Bone broth, chicken soup. If you like a snack, go for some organic dark chocolate, 70% or more cacao, any kind of herbs like ginger and turmeric, add them religiously and to any amount that you want in your food. Try and consume an appropriate fluid amount or fluid intake, half your body weight in um, water and or more. If you're going to drink Java, and I'm a big coffee man, organic coffee and tea, you avoid know. your vegetable oils. No seed oils to cook with. Use extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, macadamia nut. We could talk all day, but try and consider an intermittent fasting, time-restrictive eating framework. Try and eat within an eight or 10-hour window during the day. Get sufficient sleep. Exercise 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Try and do it daily. Steve, I'm going to call, I'm going to blow the chiropractic horn. I'm a big believer in chiropractic care and functional medicine care. Modify your stress and support an immune system that is already functioning. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, I think, I think you hit every point um, that, that I was going to question. I did, I did like your analogy in the book. You talked about sleeping and wringing out the brain. Can you, can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, another excellent point. Most people don't realize sleep is critical for our own brain health. Uh, when we get good quality sleep, our brain actually shrinks to about 40% of the size. So our brain functions like a sponge. So in that it's squeezing out and shrinking it at sleep, all the metabolic waste. So sleep provides a healing time for our brain and also a time for our brain to detox its metabolic waste. One lost night of sleep for a college student has a detrimental effect to the brain. So imagine me as a middle-aged man, not getting good quality sleep for a couple of weeks. Of course, I'm not gonna think clearly. So sleep without question is an elite everyday kind of tip and or hack. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I have been um, gluten-free for about 10 years and that's been, um, it gets easier every year, I think, because uh, I think the food industry is is realizing that that's legit and they're coming out with better products. Um, but that that to me, you know, when we talk about, you know, food sensitivities and what does it do to you when I don't eat gluten, my knees don't hurt when I eat gluten, my knees hurt. So it's it's pretty cut and dried for me, but that's that's easy for me. But I think others might not know that that's going on. So um, one of the things I that I really liked about um, a quote that you had said, it said it's it's been said that eating organic isn't a trend. It's a return to tradition. And and that's something that I think that we need to get better at. 
Um, I know that I recently, in the last couple of years, I started gardening just because I, I so much enjoy um, going out and plucking things out of the garden and putting them on the table at the same time. So um, great overview on, on uh, foods and what we need to do and what we don't need to do. Um, you briefly touched on, on detoxing. Um, I think he's talked about detoxing the brain. You know, there's a, there's a difference and you kind of get into it in the book about the difference between a cleanse and a detox. Can you kind of define that for us and give us some insight? You know, it's funny that you bring that up because yesterday in the health section of the New York Times last night came up, came up that exact topic. And I was wondering if they had uh, had a prescient moment and knew that we were going to discuss it. <laughs> yeah. So, however, into us. <laughs> yeah, we've been having this conversation for 10 years, but it's good that uh, they at least put it in print and some people will read it. A cleanse is not a detox. A detox is not a cleanse. A cleanse is just the ability to go to the lavatory. Unfortunately, there's a lot of negative effects with the concept of people giving you a cleanse. So for instance, people want to cleanse your liver. Unfortunately, they're talking about taking a fruit juice cleanse. Now, when you look at the liver, the liver is broken up into two specific halves, functionally speaking, and they're called phase one and phase two. Sugar, especially fruit sugar and fruit and fructose is not something that's healthy. And I know that's a huge takeaway. So, you you know, for me, one of the big X's in people's diet would be don't drink fruit juice. Fruit juice has fructose, high amounts of fructose with no nutrients and no fiber. It's extremely damaging to one's overall health. Fructose is the number one reason for non-alcoholic fatty liver. It's the number one reason for gout over purines. Fructose actually damages the gut and then damages the liver. So any kind of large amount of concentrated fructose, I'm not talking don't eat berries. I'm not talking don't eat an apple. I'm talking about fruit juice concentrated and or high fructose corn syrup. This is something that, as I said, is very damaging. To segue back into the idea of a cleanse, many of these cleanses are based on a, a caloric deficit and the use of fructose. You need a certain amount of calories to allow the liver enzymatic reactions to occur. Number two, sugar fructose will speed up phase one of the liver, therefore causing an imbalance and not allowing you to break down specific toxins, which are usually referred to as fat-soluble toxins. So a cleanse isn't going to positively affect the liver, whereas a detox is going to give you the plethora of nutrients that are needed for phase one and phase two enzymatic reactions. Just a brief low-hanging fruit, no pun intended, overview. <laughs> phase one of liver detox is five specific pathways. Phase two is six, and you each need multitudes of nutrients to make that occur. And you need a strong antioxidant base to allow yourself not to have any reactive oxygen species, et cetera. Not trying to get too technical and go into that rabbit hole, but a detox is pointed at having a balancing of the liver phase one and phase two of enzymatic reactions. Its goal is to break down a fat-soluble toxin into a water-soluble toxin to be processed and eliminated out of the body. The cleanse is usually pointed at taking a poop, if you will, but unfortunately it's trying to stimulate the liver, but it speeds up the liver by poor choice of 
caloric ingestion. So detoxing, definitely need to get a good detox product and do it right. You need a good detox product. You need a coach, doctor to take you through the pathways. It's quite technical. It's not something, you know, if someone said, I'm going to take a probiotic, a fish oil and a vitamin D, there's probably a list of things we could give them and they could do that, not necessarily on our own because we'd want them to get it from us because we know these third-party certified quality ingredients. However, detox, you know, you're definitely going to need some sort of supervision. Interesting aside in detox, if you have a, a liver that is unable to detox appropriately, you have chemical overload, you're going to have damage to your gut and you're going to have compromise to your immune system. So detox is a critical element as the liver and the gut are bi-directional. Awesome. Um, you you briefly mentioned vitamin D, and I wanna I wanna quote a study that you referenced in your book from 2022. It showed that the daily supplementation with about 2,000 IU's of vitamin D reduced the rate of autoimmune disease in people over age 50 by 22 percent, and after two years of supplementation the rate reduction was 39%. That's incredible. I mean, for, for pennies a day that we can have that much of an impact on autoimmunity. And, and maybe you want to visit a little bit about autoimmunity and what's going on um, in our nation as far as that goes. It's crazy. Yeah, unfortunately, one of the biggest issues we have is our inability in the population to manage and modulate inflammation. I think vitamin D is a great choice. You know, it's called the hormone vitamin, really. It's a sunshine vitamin. Unfortunately, where you live and I live, we're unable to get good quality sunlight 12 months out of the year. Hence, most people I know need to supplement. And in addition, I believe that everybody should test their vitamin D levels because I think when you test it, you'll realize that most people are deficient in vitamin D. That was a great study that you cited. For me, vitamin D is a virtuoso of sorts. It has a swath of health-promoting properties. Uh, vitamin D levels in reference to COVID-19 really showed uh, if you were over 50, which is a good number, I believe that your number in vitamin D should be 60 to 80. Uh, nobody died who had a vitamin D level of over 50. Vitamin D also works with um, autoimmunity and inflammation in that it really decreases and attenuates the cytokine storm. That cytokine storm is, is decreased by the increase of an anti-inflammatory marker called interleukin-10. Now, this is a unique interleukin in that it's anti-inflammatory, but it also has a reverse switch to decrease pro-inflammatory uh, mediators like TNF-alpha, INF-gamma, interleukin-6, and interleukin-beta. So what am I saying? Vitamin D balances the immune system. With my chiropractic background, vitamin D, a deficiency in vitamin D has shown to increase lower back pain by two to three times. Vitamin D is great for gut health. Vitamin D is also excellent if you're considering putting on some muscle mass. So again, it is the Swiss army knife of supplements in your vitamin D. Uh, armamentarium. Autoimmunity. Wow. We could, I think we would need a little extra time to get <laughs> with, with the idea of autoimmunity, but well, it, it's a great inlay. Maybe what we'll do is we'll park that and um, we're going to, we're going to segue into um, some of the things that we can do. Obviously we've mentioned diet. Um, we've mentioned um, 
uh, sleep, uh, stress reduction, things like that. But um, when I when I kind of first started getting into to functional medicine and helping our patients differently, we started off with I think a four hour program, and then there was a five hour program, and then now. I, in your book, we have Dr. Rob's Super 7R Action Program to Heal the Gut. I want to know about that. And I think our patients want to know about that, too. Absolutely. You know, the, the four and five R's that we're talking about, the four R, oh, must be 15, 20 years. Right. Uh, and it's, right, it stood this test of time from Dr. Jeffrey Brand, the father of functional medicine, as you recall, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Correct. So um, your seminar program, reset, remove, replace, regenerate, re-inoculate, reintroduce, and retest. Um, a lot of those things um, we're familiar with, um, but maybe like talking about testing for gut, what what are you? What kind of tests are you running for your patients? Sure. Well, I'll hit you with the seminar and I'll hit you with the, uh, I'll move it along. So the seminar that you were looking for, you said it reset. So what do I mean? Reset your diet, your lifestyle, and your mindset. You and I both talked about lifestyle before. I agree. Changing one's lifestyle is without question the starting point to getting healthy. Um, It does not matter what I give you, what I recommend. If you're a patient, if you're not following and changing your lifestyle, you're not going to optimize your outcome. Diet, well, being proponent on decreasing sugar, finding a diet that's personalized and individualized for you. And mindset, health is wealth. Remove, when we talk about the remove phase, what are we talking about? Removing unwanted pathogens. This is where we can segue into that topic about testing for the gut, because I'm a big proponent on removing food sensitivities. You also want to remove pathogens. Remember, your gut is an interesting, what I call an ecosystem, or I like to refer, I grew up in New York City, it's a neighborhood. So in that ecosystem, you have what we call commensal bacteria, which is the real estate. It's the middle class. It's the bulk. It's good for you. On your left side, you have something called symbiotic bacteria, bacteria that's able to grab prebiotics, which is critical, prefeeds the pro and populate real quick and easy. And on the other side or the right side in my um, analogy, which I'm trying to make as vivifying as possible, the right side is your parasitic. Now that parasitic stuff, when it becomes too high a number, which is over 15%, that's when you want to remove it. So it's bacteria, it's viruses, it's fungi, it's yeast. So a good way to remove it is obviously to take out food sensitivities. Another thing you way to remove it would be berberine, oregano oil, garlic, serum bovine immunoglobin, which is the map of the gut. The replace is replacing what? Digestive enzymes, stomach acids, and pancreatic enzymes, and bile. I believe that that is a hidden R. That's a critical element to overall health. 70% of Americans have a digestive problem. The fourth one is regenerate. Regenerate damage intestinal mucosa. You want to heal and seal the gut lining. You want to use nutrients that are pleiotrophic in that they allow the intestinal mucosal to heal and also create an anti-environment of inflammation, anti-inflammation in the gut. As I mentioned before, you want to re-inoculate. You're going to do so by feeding both pre and probiotics. Start eating some sauerkraut. Start eating some fermented food. Start eating some kimchi. Start getting some good prebiotics to feed your probiotics to allow for ultimately a postbiotic. The sixth R is reintroduce. 
That's when you reintroduce foods. So if you have a food sensitivity, you don't have to worry and think you're going to lose it forever. Food sensitivities are not a death sentence to the food. They do not have to be removed for perpetuity. The chances are you need to remove them, fix your gut, fix your digestion, and therefore you can feed these foods back. And lastly, retain. Retain what? Retain your health and your GI tract. Great choice. Multivitamin, multimineral, fish oil, omega-3 fatty acid, uh, vitamin D, probiotic, and a good fruits and greens drink. Now, did you want me to dig in on that test or did you want to uh, segue back somewhere else? Uh, let's segue into, we're going to segue into COVID-19. Okay. You got it. Okay. So that was, that was an incredible overview of, of gut and the seven hour program. Um, lots, lots of things that we can do to get our gut healthy because we know that so much of our immune system is, is, uh, from our gut. So if it's not healthy, we're not going to be healthy. So um, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about, you had a couple of chapters in your book about um, COVID um, and long COVID and how to um, treat that. And you had some incredible protocols, but you had two really good quotes that I, that I thought were um, hard hitting regarding it. Uh, first one is you can't control the virus, but you can control the host, meaning Obviously, we can control what's going on in our backyard, but we can't control what's uh, oftentimes coming in there. Um, the other one was the COVID-19 virus doesn't kill people. The body's immune response or inadequate response um, does. So maybe just touch a little bit on, on our immune response to COVID and what's going on and why that's so important that we have a healthy immune system with it. Absolutely. Another great opportunity. And thank you. I Probably I'm quoted the most on you. You can't control the virus, but you can control the host. And it's true. You and I both, we would love to be able to control the air. We can filter it. But where we really get our bang for the buck and hang our hat on is controlling the host, making all our patients, our friends and family, inhospitable hosts for pathogens to live. When it comes to a virus in COVID, a virus needs a live organisms like ourselves. So its goal is not to kill the human host. Unfortunately, because we were too heavy um, and we were just, our immune system wasn't all that strong. We were very susceptible, unfortunately. However, you know, interestingly enough, we can talk about the idea of the cytokine storm. So it really came to the forefront, the cytokine storm, interesting. So cytokines in general are inflammatory. So what I like to do and use a metaphor is if everybody could theoretically see me, I'm holding my coffee cup. And in my coffee cup is a is already about a half a cup or a mug full of coffee. That is from every that coffee is actually depicting cytokines. So my cup, my mug is already half full. And that's because of something called the cytokine drizzle. We're inflamed. Then in comes COVID. And then we have this overwrought of cytokines because our immune system is not functioning well. We spill more coffee and it, we didn't realize that the mug was half full and it spills out all over the place. So cytokine storm is a problem. Certain amount of cytokines and inflammation work, but when you have a cytokine drizzle every day because we're too inflamed, that storm becomes more prominent. So we should have a perfect immune response to COVID in that we should have a certain amount of inflammation. We should stimulate our innate immunity. 
we should then tap into our specific immunity, adaptive immunity. We should have resolution to the infection and we should have a memory with antibodies and T cell recognition. Unfortunately, because of this cytokine storm and Americans mostly being pre-inflamed, when it came to the inflammatory process, once infected with SARS-CoV-2, our inflammation started too high. It didn't shut down and mod manage and modulate quick enough. Our innate immune system, we had less cells. Our specific immune system, our adaptive immune system, virulent factors. Some people didn't even launch any kind of antibodies, whether it was to the infection, to the vaccine, whatever. We had a slow resolution. People were sick for a long periods of time and we had a poor memory. Um, so you take a viral infection like COVID, you get an immune response to the virus, leads to an overexpression of cytokines, which damages microbial metabolites, which leads to a mitochondrial dysfunction disease and everybody feels quite poorly. One thing I did want to say, and this is the new idea, it's called immune imprinting, or the technical name is original antigenic sin. This is a phenomenon in which the body preferentially repeats its immune response to the first variant it encounters, despite being alerted to a new variant. So we are fighting COVID in 2020 and we haven't progressed to 2023 because we took a picture of our immune system of the original and our immune system is not adaptive enough to be able to produce appropriate antibodies and a defense mechanism to stop it with the new variants and the new mutations and modifications. So much so, MIT and Harvard did a study on long COVID and found actually that there was an old, underwhelming, excuse me, amount of antibodies to COVID-19 in many people, but an overwhelming amount of antibodies in response to other coronaviruses, which are like the common cold. Layman's terms, our body saw COVID, but thought it was something else and produced inappropriate antibodies Hence the idea of reinfection, infection, et cetera. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible. I, um, you know, the very first um, analogy of the coffee cup is so fitting of what's going on in our society. I think, you know, when we look back, um, we weren't given many tools. Um, you know, I, not, not much was talked about. Uh, with um, obesity and being overweight as being a, a huge concern or a huge risk factor. And I don't think, I think we're getting somewhat of a disservice that we can't get ourselves in a better spot um, from, from public health. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you sit on that, but you, you mentioned one huge study um, comparing the U.S. to Japan, and I want you to kind of um, elaborate on that, because I think that that to me hit home was like, this is so telling of what's going on in the U.S. and with um, our food system and uh, the rise in obesity and, and us not being able to attack these viruses. So kind of share that study and... and uh, Kind of elaborate on it, please. Yeah, what a great segue. And and this was one of the most disconcerting things I had read about our, our American health. Um, and I doubled and triple checked the veracity of the numbers, and, and they are correct. That said, COVID cases 12 times higher in the US than in the Japanese population. Death 17.4 times, times higher in the U.S. than the Japanese. 
So look at the prevalence of obesity and start with that. American men, 7.4 times greater obesity rates than the Japanese counterparts. American women, 10 times greater rate. So now you see that obviously COVID was uh, higher in, uh, in positive rates. Death was unfortunately considerably higher. We're more obese. Then you break down to our diet versus their diet. Americans eat 1.5 times more saturated fats, considerably less omega-3 fatty acids. We also consume, are you ready for this? Approximately 400% more beef, which is probably grain-fed versus grass-fed beef, and sugar and sweeteners, as we said before, 235% more in the U.S. versus the Japanese. The Japanese eat 44.3% more fish, a little more rice, about 11%, but 55% more green tea. Green tea, EGCG, study back in March of 2020, tested green tea versus all the nutrients that we talk about, which have all stood the test of time to help us with immune system and also help us with the decrease in symptomology of COVID-19 and specific drugs that they're using on the market. No one blocked the docking of the spike protein to the ACE2 receptor better than green tea EGCG. I have yet to see any follow-ups, but therein lies the unfortunate rub. You see the difference? We versus the Japanese are heavier. We versus the Japanese have an incredibly poor diet. We're like 38th in the world. And we unfortunately look at the numbers, bear it out. So we can argue which way to go, but I think you and I both are very robust on the idea that we need to decrease the sugar, we need to decrease the obesity, and we need to balance people's immune system. So so why do you think we're not hearing this message in from our media, from our from our government? Why why are we not hearing that? Because that just to me is is a disappointment. That's a landmine, you know, that's a tripwire <laughs> landmine. But here's what I would say. I would say that a lot of the people that they choose to message are not functionally medicine lifestyle oriented per se. Number two, I guess it's easy to talk about something that's quick versus a lifestyle. It takes a while. However, my counterpoint to that is it's been three years. I don't know anybody who couldn't have made an indelible mark on their health in a three-year period, changing their lifestyle. And we could look at the big, you know, big cloud of farmer and this and that, and it would yeah. just make you and I uh, sound bitter. So the bottom line <laughs> is I'm a big believer in looking at what we can do and taking the air out of the proverbial anger balloon and what we can do. And really you highlighting this very poignant study really shows that we've got to change people's lifestyle. You got to get the sugar out. You got to get the weight down. You got to take care of your immune system because without question, health is wealth. Completely. So um, I'm going to have you just kind of run through some of the supplements that you're that you're recommending to boost our immune system just for our, our listeners um, so that they have some background on, on that. I don't want you to sure. give away everything because I want I want you to I want them to buy your book as well. So well, I appreciate that. You know, that's very kind. You know, the first thing I would do without question would be to start on a diet and lifestyle. I And again, like we said before, intermittent fasting is a critical element because it enables you to break down old cells and build new cells. But let's let me give you a list 
of just some things that I would take that they could seek out from you. Um, everybody's going to be a little different, of course. Oh, I thought I thought I thought I lost you, but I didn't. Great. So here's some immune support supplements. Let's let's go through the list. Vitamin C, of course, is going to be fabulous. We talked a lot about vitamin D. The key to vitamin D, vitamin D three with K two. Zinc is a great choice. Any kind of mixed mushroom complex. I believe that mushrooms have the most nutrients for the calories. Meaning they're so low calories, they're so bursting with nutrients. I love them. Probiotics and prebiotics. NAC is a great choice. Liposomal glutathione, another choice. Selenium, omega-3 fatty acids. Yes, elderberry. Yes, vitamin A. Magnesium, PEA. Multivitamin, multimineral. Quercetin, glutamine and branched-chain amino acids to help the gut uh, with overall knitting and repairing. Hopefully, I mentioned turmeric, ginger, boswellia, resveratrol. And let's not forget a sneaky new one, which would be called BPC-157. BPC-157, a peptide. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. So that, that covers uh, kind of uh, from A to Z. So um, you mentioned diet and I want to, I want to let the listeners know that in your book, you have, I don't know how many recipes, but a ton of them. So I gave one of them a try this weekend. I made the fresh strawberry coconut almond tart. That was incredible. Outstanding. Uh, Yeah. So I I wanted to try one and I picked one out and I'm like, I'm going to try this this weekend. So I made it on Sunday morning before the football games and uh, it turned out really well. Both, both my wife and I were very pleased. So um, one of the quotes that you have in your book, and um, we're kind of winding up uh, the end of this, but the best time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. So by by President John F. Kennedy, and I think that's so fitting that you know we have the time and we need to we need to focus. You said um, health is wealth. Totally agree with that. Spending money now on your health is so critical so that we can maintain our health and longevity um, as we as we age. So. One of the things that you that you wrote, and this was kind of at the end of your book, and, and it's your quote saying, my purpose is to help you decrease your propensity to infectious disease and chronic illness while optimizing your overall health. This book provides a lighted path for you to follow to attain this goal. And I I thought that was a fitting um, end to, to the book because it literally is a roadmap to getting your health back or, you know, getting your immune system running optimally so that you can fight off these infections. And I, I appreciate um, all that, that you do and, and you giving uh, so much of your time and kind words today to um, educate our listeners. So do you do virtual consultations? So let's say one of my listeners like heard this and they say, I need to see Dr. Rob. Is that part of your practice? Absolutely. We do a lot of virtual consultations, a lot of telehealth. Um, It's grown since COVID. It's the future for us. It gives me the ability to help people at a state, at a country, at a continent. That's incredible. So how do people find you and where can they find you on social media? Where can they buy your book? Where 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 are people going to find Dr. Rob? 
Well, they can find me very simply by going to my website, drrobertsilverman.com. My office number, shameless plug, 914-287-6464. Social media, all my social, we, we publish two times a day, very active on social media, both in Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff, drrobertsilverman.com. And they can buy my book in one or two places really easily. There's always Amazon. And there's, I have my own landing page that you can go and read about it a little bit. We give you a free chapter. It's called immunereboot.com. That's awesome. So people, if you've made it this far into the podcast, um, I always like to give you a reward. We're going we're gonna to double down today. Um, the first reward is 25% off a supplement of your choice. And you just use the code Dr. Rob Silverman uh, podcast. And that's for telephone and in-person orders only. Um, secondly, for the first five people that like and share this podcast post on our Ersfeld Pharmacy Facebook page, you'll receive a copy of the Immune Re Reboot by, by Dr. Rob Silverman. So we're going we're gonna to plug that and you said a shameless plug of your phone number. That's not a shameless plug. That's just um, letting people know where to find you because uh, your information and your knowledge is priceless. So I thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank I thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to seeing you soon. And yeah, sure. I just want to say, stay on this path, man. You're doing a great job. You know, kudos to you. My hat's off. As always, be vigilant about your health.